0: This is Cinema Architects, where three future architects sit down and design an awesome movie plot.
1: Welcome to Cinema Architects, everybody. I'm Robbie. I'm Austin. I'm Nate. And uh, we're going to come at you with a science fiction episode
2: today. The Near and Distant Future. A or, long time ago. I think it was a past. Or the past, past. In this instance?
0: It's technically the past, but yet the future at the same time. Yeah.
1: We're the Star Wars and this shit kind of, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> a long, yeah. long
0: time ago
2: in the solar system you now live in. <laughs> As a really young kid, you'd watch that, and I was always like, what happened? Like, well, how come we don't have lightsabers anymore? <laughs> yeah. Like, Who screwed this <laughs> up? It's
0: <laughs> because it's a galaxy far, far <laughs> away, Nate. That's right. We can never get there.
1: So yeah. in the tradition of George Lucas, this is going to be really, really good. And any subsequent attempts that,
2: w- that we do are just going to be <laughs> just hot trash. We're going to go back and edit this episode at least twice a month and have do I, a special edition of it. Have exactly. I said on this podcast my
0: hot take that I think George Lucas is a terrible director? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but okay. I've heard you say that behind closed doors. Yes. Yeah, okay, well, now it's going.: Now you've it's, aired your dirty laundry. I'm
0: airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> Because, let's be real, he had a whole team working behind him for his best movies, and then when he got the reins to do whatever he wants, a.k.a. the Star Wars prequels, they were hot trash. But (laughs) but I directed that that movie with the
2: cars, (laughs) Ron Howard.
0: American Graffiti! I know American Graffiti, but he was... I thought his wife was still, like, editing that one, too.
2: Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of those quote-unquote great directors is you find out how much, you know, support they had behind the scenes by their significant other and decisions or opinions and whatnot. Right. I think he greatly benefited from his ex-wife. I think... He had a good idea. Yeah, he was an idea man. He had a great little seed, and that seed grew into a wonderful, lucrative tree that Disney will still shake the branches violently to get a few (laughs) more pieces of fruit to hit the ground. Right. Yep. But it's a execution. good thing that George Lucas right. is no longer tending that tree. Yes. Yeah, it, yes. it's a
1: good thing that we didn't, you know, go into the uh, microverse and visit with the midichlorians or whatever the exactly. hell that I am. Oh, was.
0: my God. <laughs> and and another hot take, Ryan Johnson is a better director than George Lucas. Come at me. Oh, wow. Bring it the monk Please on. send all
2: your hate mail to... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Send to the care of
1: Architect. Send it to us. I don't Austin, care. Send uh, anything to us. Viz. Okay, Um, so we actually do have a real idea And we're not just going to rip on Star Wars and George Lucas this whole time As much as we could Um, So it's a sci-fi idea (laughs) from uh, the depths of my mind and By that I mean probably just like the bare surface Because it's like, it's fine And (laughs) (laughs) uh, the premise is uh, a little 50s And in that we're assuming that Venus was once a planet much like ours, capable. So it's of not a planet. <laughs>
0: it was. It If once you know the planet. truth, it's not a planet, Nate. I thought Open Pluto
1: wasn't a planet. I thought <laughs> Venus was a planet. Still, capable of sustaining life are the key words.
2: Okay, and I, I'll let you continue. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, and yeah, we're we're assuming that like oh, it had you know some kind of stuff, but anyways, the life that is there now is probably living underground. And that's Mm. kind of the loose thread that we're going with here. We've all kind of uh, uh, developed it a little further. Would anybody else like to start?
2: Would you like to start, Austin, since you graciously told George Lucas off a minute ago? (laughs) And now you'd like to win his and good graces back. Win my good graces back. George, if you're listening, you, he's never going to listen to Dude, this. I don't even he's care. He's probably listening. He has nothing to do. He's not making Star Wars. <laughs> he's got all the time in the world to listen to this podcast. You know,
1: Steven, I uh I found this oh, great, great a going little to a podcast, Mark uh... attacks. <laughs> It's a little indie thing.
0: I no,
2: they make it out of no, this is
0: bad. I think we've ripped on George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in this <laughs> podcast. We suck. Have I
1: ripped on Steven Spielberg?
0: I think we did at one it's point fine. in time. You know
1: what? It's fine to punch you up, Austin. You don't need to feel guilty about it. Yeah,
2: I know. It's fine. Don't worry. They'll cry <laughs> into their piles of money. Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> like, they don't give so so. a They don't give their a hundred shit. Dollar bills. <laughs> like, they're making a
0: lot. Anywho, okay. So, my protagonist, I am... Throwing out there that it should be a rebellious child from the Venus Dwellers.
2: So far, that's, that's what means they're well. called, the Venus Dwellers. Yeah, sure. Okay.
0: From Epipharia. <laughs> 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 I'm going to put that in there. So I said he's... Not a, the best meme. <laughs> no, you know, it's whatever. And he is the son of a prominent figure in a small underground okay. town. That's, right. that's what right. I'm going with. Nifty? Yep. Nifty stuff? So that's what I was thinking. He... He's rebellious in the fact that, like, there's got to be something more to this life. There he must wants to be, be
2: more than this, this provincial. Exactly. Or he wants to be part of that world. So he's trying to escape from the underwater and marry a, a hairy beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's how Disney stuff goes, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. weird. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Marry some furries or whatever.
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Bestiality <laughs> Anywho <laughs> get back on point Austin. So basically he wants to go see what what's above the surface. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: oh, so no one's ever been up there before. No one has I don't
0: I think this has been There's long no enough one. that everybody who lives in this underground society has never been really? out of underground. And honestly, I feel like it has been so long that their ex- like appearances are starting to be more like cave-like, you know, because they've lived there for so long. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In in my head, I I never wanted them to look too human in the first place. Right. So.
2: Right, but I think you didn't want to go I, with the classic '50s trope of all the aliens look like people, <laughs> they but they're just, just like a spandex. <laughs> exactly. That's literally the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Go the the freaking Star Trek route, just give him some, like, eyebrow ridges and call it good. Or, well,
2: like, every Godzilla movie where aliens magically get shoehorned in and all the Japanese ones, and it's just like, oh, look, it's an alien, but really it's just a Japanese guy in spandex and 50s sunglasses. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I No, I, I like the idea that they would look different,
0: but I think that we need to do something where they, they look different, but you know that they... They look different from what they are now. Before, too, you know. So they
1: just look freaking gross. Not nobody hideous. has seen no, the top
2: at all. Like, right? There's no documentary with a Morgan Freeman equivalent Venus guy being like, "And the march of the gas or anything." Nothing. You, I again, I think it's been so long that people just f-
0: almost fr- like it. Be- it's become legend. Legend. The yeah. humble
1: Venus creature.
2: There's no photography. There's no. No, nothing. no. I think that that's all gone away. So they have no technology, this society. No, they do. But I think that everything
0: goes into the ash heap of history. That's fair. We don't know anything about cavemen. We don't know anything about... Do we know that they exist. They existed, I guess. Yeah, that is true. And
1: everything that they had was for religious purposes. Correct. Every single thing. Correct. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. But yeah, so I think, it, it. again, it's just become legend. It's like, what is above the... The ceiling of this cave, basically, like mm. it just, you know, like we, we have an idea of what goes on underneath the earth, you know, but like nobody's ever been there. H.G. Wells has been there, well, I suppose. He knows <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so I think he wa- he wants to go explore.
1: Okay, yeah, mine was uh kind of similar to that. Um my protagonist was a girl, but, like, that's kind of, you know, up to who we want to cast for that kind of position, right? Um, but, like, yeah, she she wants to kind of get out of there. The caves are getting to be too much. Um, on like, kind of more of a technical side. Uh, they all kind of breathe sulfur. It seems nasty in the caves and everything. Right. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. I think the idea is maybe they know a little bit about the surface in mine. We can fiddle with that if we want, but the point is... Um, because she has this like ambitious wanderlust traveler spirit or whatever, she's the one who gets picked to be like a runner to go on uh, a mission from one cave, like through the systems or whatever to another.
2: Ooh, I like that. Oh, I like that That'd be a fun scene of like, you have two minutes of exposure anymore and you'll vaporize.
1: Yeah. Um, and maybe, uh, someone somewhere further through the story or whatever, she comes across this obstacle that she can't get through within the caves and she has to go out onto the surface for a bit. And, uh, that's where the, like the interesting stuff happens.
0: I like that. I, I would like it if, cause I had down in mind, so I'm kind of retconning. Sorry. I <laughs> forgot that. I forgot that I, I had put in here that he or she finds a, uh, a suit in a museum. Hmm. So they, they open hmm. up. Yeah, I know. Oh, Here you're cool. retconning. I'm it right, sounds very similar uh, to something I did with hey, Steven first, Spielberg. No. When I first made the movie, I wanted hmm. to uh, I wanted to Apparently we're suits. not so
2: different, you yeah. and I.
0: <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm biting my tongue. All right. Uh, so I like the idea that she's going to a different realm. And I'm I, I'm thinking that she has to do this because... Let I think that
2: they're running out of air, or there's. Sounds like that that subplot from Spaceballs where they're running out of air. <laughs> what is that a subplot? In Spaceballs? Yeah, the, the, he oh, like the, takes the vacuum. Can, he's that's like right. The air, yeah. in the vacuum. Oh, the Mega made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, suck all the air.
0: Right. suck, suck, <laughs> suck. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm thinking maybe not. Like it, something has made the space that they're in uh, uninhabitable. Okay. So they need to go find a new system and this has happened several times before like this happens all all the time. Not all the time but like every like 150 or 200 years like they have to go find another. Oh it's like you gotta get
1: a water filter for Fallout or something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. So and I think then she gets picked because she's the most daring or whatever. I don't know how she gets Uh, picked. Interesting.
1: She's got Chutzpah. She's got chutzpah. She's got gutch. <laughs> exactly.
2: That's funny. Yeah, you guys had very different ideas. Okay, what was what was your idea? Yeah, dude? Nate, regale us. Uh, interestingly enough, how we decided to pick on poor George this episode, I actually wrote like a Star Wars scrawl for this thing. Oh, Because right. I just wanted to change it up a little bit. So uh, forgive me if it gets long-winded, but uh, my protagonist is a, a farmer, and I wanted to go back to the idea that in ancient society, women used to be the bread keepers, and they used to be the farmers. So I wanted a female protagonist. Okay, sure. And I gave her a name just so I could understand things better, but I called her Resnir, because I thought that sounded Venusian. And a fun fact, the the name Resnir does not derive from the fact that Robbie has Resident Evil and Nier Automata on his little (laughs) (laughs) copywriter. Nothing to do with that. It's just very coincidental, and it's very Venusian. But but this character... um, Lives on Venus, um, but the problem with Venus is that life there is growing more vitriolic. The gases on the subsurface are growing more and more toxic. I picture the entire society living in the 1950s B plot, you know, technology thing, to where everything's clunky, bulky, lots of buttons everywhere, and lights that might not mean anything, mm. but hey, and it's kind of futuristic. All
1: the robots have like uh, flex tubes, for their arms <laughs> exactly, or whatever, yeah. and
2: they've got like big pincers. That's right, that's right, and they're they're not very humanoid at all, but um. Yeah, I thought, you know, the planet is basically destroying itself and it's slowly dying and it's just toxic and no one can live there. And I thought it'd be interesting if, like, they know about Earth's existence. They know Earth Earthlings exist, but they cannot contact us. And they're desperately racing against the clock to reach out to Earth oh. for any kind of assistance or anything because their planet is literally a toxic ball of gas. Interesting. So our character just exists in the background of that, Does nothing to do with that. Resnier, uh attempts to secure her family's future by creating an illegal farm because everyone has been ordered, all the farmers, she's a farmer, every farmer has been ordered that all of their crops will go into the giant collective stockpile and everything is very bureaucratically, you know, like this much food goes to this clan, this much food goes to this clan. Oh wow, well, so- Comrade, you a, need to surrender the wheat. It is a communist society, you know. Kind of, in a sense. Um, But she's going to attempt to create an illegal plot for just her family, and they're going to take preparations to secure their own future. But uh, her plan soon falls apart after discovering her partner has cheated on her and stolen all of her crops. Oh, no. Desperate, she mounts a daring crime to sneak into the large vault and steal what she needs as the planet falls apart. Huh. Yeah, that is... It's very different.
0: Widely different. Yeah, I like it, though. I do. I do like it, too. And now
1: we have, to <laughs> we have to reconcile.
0: Well, OK, so mine, the the next part after they get to the surface, I I thought that the protagonist would then find a base, an Earth base. An Earth base an on an Venus. Earth base. That we, made it. On, we made it. Uh-huh. We made it. We made it. And I was like, wonderful
1: I, reality we're establishing is right. Matt
0: Damon hiding out in the space and he's very happy he might to be. see other people. <laughs> he might yeah. be. No, I think that I I, I I was thinking like the 50s style the space base. Like we got there in the 50s because you, you brought that up. Okay, yeah. Uh, 50s or, well, probably 60s. 60s. 60s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we got to Venus instead. We, we decided that we went we're going to go to Venus instead of the moon for some reason. I don't That's know. fair. That's fair. <laughs> or we went to the moon and we were like, the next step is Venus, even sure. though in ours is in our world right now, it's the next step is Mars. But, true. Very true. But they, they did Venus. And so they established a base there and it's been there. And this might have to be the seventies. then cause I think it's been there for like 10 years sure, or something like sure. that. And then, So the protagonist finds this base or whatever, and I thought that then you go in there, you interact with the humans that are in this base, Mm -hmm. and then they find new technologies from the humans that's like, oh, you guys have spacesuits. Oh, you have this base you've been living on here for 10 years. We can do this. We we can actually live on the surface of Venus.
2: So Earthlings and Venusians coexist? They Well, they didn't know The
0: Venusians (laughs) didn't know that But
2: is there any Earthling in the base Who's just like, well, that's a surprise Intelligent life Oh yeah, no, I mean, I think they freak out I was gonna say, hopefully it's a pretty big (laughs) deal Yes, yes, no, they definitely freak out (laughs)
1: If this is like, we've got these like Human people there, and they're from Earth And like, oh, intelligent life, I want some Kind of like, your basic Crazy Nazi scientist uh, Stereotype, where he's like we have to experiment on the new life and find oh out what God. they have to offer. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I... See, I, I like... I, I want Venus and Earth to somehow interact. Yeah. And I like that in either maybe they're trying to reach out to us because their planet is dying. Yeah. Or they find Earthlings on their planet. Yeah, I don't know. In, I, I don't know.
1: In my version of events, um, it's it's not quite as concrete I guess but like I'd imagine that on at some point in her journey where she comes across an obstacle she comes across uh another being I guess that looks kind of like them but looks a lot more human than like what everything else she's ever seen which like kind of gives the implication that that human beings had been there like previously um but like it's been a long time since humanity had tried to interact with Venus since huh and like this guy was like the most visible remnant of that, um,
2: and he- kind of acted as like this an
1: like earth guy s-
2: who's been stranded there, kind of deal, yeah, I mean like he's
1: kind of like more of a sage advice kind of guy, you know, and he's he happens midway through the plot. I don't okay. know we can take- we can take Interesting. It, or leave it, but
0: I feel like the how we can combine our two ideas is maybe this base has been there for longer than ten years, maybe it has just it has sustained life for. Hundreds of years hundreds And of years. who the Venusian is interacting with Is like the fifth generation of this family Sure That had been there Because they can't go back to Earth I or, mean they, or what
2: if Because they can't communicate But they 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 intercept TV broadcast signals So they get very excited when they find out man, Oh my god Mankind has landed on the moon Do you know what this means? They can actually They can get to us We can't get to them We don't have that technology They can get to us they send out some kind of weird distress signal, I don't know, some kind of thing, and they more or like less trick one of the U.S. spaceships to visit Venus, and then their plan is to, you know, take their ship and escape, bonk Venus. and leave, bonk and, and leave. leave, bonk and leave, bonk and leave. Oh, maybe, maybe the Venusian
0: finds this base, and they the the fifth generation has been trying to get a spaceship there to rescue yeah. him. to bring them back to Earth for years yes and the maybe maybe venus has a they have a great communication system or something that they have and where it's like okay i'm gonna fix this for you but you're taking me with you and he's and then the human's like obviously i mean i'm gonna bring you back and show you that you can do this yeah yeah but also like then you get into the whole thing like if they're breathing sulfur they can't breathe oxygen
2: oh sure so
0: how but I guess you just you live in a spacesuit. I guess for the rest, sure, of your life, a
2: contained environment or whatever, a dome, a bubble, right? So,
1: so we've I think we've established some pretty cool things here. The Venusians, the like later Earth people on here, yeah, uh, and the fact that there's kind of like a space base. So, welcome to Design Corner, everybody. Um, Yay! So we've got think a few things on our plate. I think that we can design and have fun with um, the Venusian. And the space base mainly. Uh, so okay. are there any
2: what? We have a few things on our plate, and I was just gonna act like a four year old and say I ate it and not eat it. <laughs> let you guys commence. <laughs> Nate, shut up. You're you are eating your food. <laughs> you're eating be your, a vegetables. your vegetables.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> You've got things to decide. <laughs> I think the base looks like uh, I, I'd say something out of the seventies. That's what I was thinking. Okay.
1: I was, yeah, thinking very like futurist, like Buckminster Fuller kind of space age, weird, cool stuff like that. Bulky,
2: tactile buttons and machines and lights. I was thinking dome, but everybody does a dome. So I was thinking literal tunnel systems everywhere. Just tunnels. Okay. Like their architecture is more geology, it's made of rocks. Okay. Geological? Geological. That's Thank you. Word. I want to say geographical, but I'm like, that's not the word. Uh, geological in the in the effect that, like, you know, you just carve a space and then you just slap a machine into that space as needed. Okay. So, so you're it, thinking,
1: like, you can see the uh, the drill marks and everything? Yeah, like, and- if
2: you could pull up the video game map of this thing, it might look like, you know, a root system or veins kind of spreading out into the ground. Okay. And everything is connected by tunnels with lights it's futuristic, but it's not futuristic to the point where it looks comfortable or convenient, maybe. It still is a harsh reality that you would imagine your characters want to escape from. Sure. So, right. like,
1: plan-wise, it's kind of like a beaver dam, where it's like you can see the top of it generally, but it goes a lot, like, further. Yeah,
2: deeper. maybe maybe there's a small portion, like an iceberg, where there's a there's a little tiny peak at the top where, like, you know, you can almost see the surface. Like, you can see light from the surface of Venus coming out, but there's so much clouds, like, you can't see Any terrain, per se. And that's like the most anyone gets to see of the exterior of the planet.
0: I really like that idea because then it's not only are the Venusians underground, but these people from Earth are also living underground in this. So they they both have the same idea and they're both living basically the same lives.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. Alright, and any thoughts on the the creature, the Venusian in general. Oh,
0: guys, sorry. If we do that design, this would be perfect. Sorry, this would be perfect because that's how our protagonist finds the surface. I don't think she... She wasn't looking for the surface. She was looking for a new area. Uh-huh. And she, I don't know, pickaxe through something and then she hits metal. And she's like, "What? what is this? And then she goes in and that's where she gets into this. Sp- base base. Sure.
1: And then she looks out at the bubble of, through the top or whatever uh, and you can see out into the sulfur clouded uh, Venus surface.
2: Right. Right. That's okay. how it's revealed. So you're saying like the U.S. base is on top and as she's like quote unquote digging, I guess, for lack of a better example, she kind of bugs bunnies her way up into the uh, the U.S. base. Right. Should have
1: taken a left at Albuquerque, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Okay, so then would her entrance literally kill all the astronauts inside the base instantly? Uh, no, hot. I think that they have
0: something in it. I, I mean, obviously they have a system where it's like, okay, if if there's a breach, then it shuts. Okay, a, a portal, you know, sure. Then a portal shuts, and then which is why the. Venusian can also be okay because then all the sulfur goes into that area, but then it doesn't get past the portal, so the Venusian isn't there. Oh, and, sure. Oh, like, oh, all the bulkheads going to that room just shut. Right, and then that's how. You, oh, I'd love, I'd love a scene where it's like. Then the, I know this is getting a little off of design quarter, but this was it. Just it was jumping off of that. Sure. So it's it's the Venusian like comes up and there's just like a little window in the porthole and the. You know, you like get a little glance of somebody coming, 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 and then you see human, and then it's the human's just wide eyed, like, what is this? <laughs> and the Venusian is the same thing, just like, what did I just get Stumble myself into? into? Sure.
1: Okay. So, what does the Venusian look like? Right. And now we should not do this, but in my head, the whole time, do you know that like ideal human under like a crash test? Uh, rendering that somebody put out there one, one time. What? You know what? I'm talking about like, if a human being were perfectly designed to withstand a car crash, they would oh. look like this and they just look Can like pull this it horrid man baby. Yeah, one sec here.
2: No, I've not seen that. It sounds terrifying though. <laughs> pull it up. And for our viewers, just look it up, I
0: guess. <laughs> <laughs> viewers, listeners, listeners, meant listeners. I mean, if you
2: try to view this, you should try to look it up though. Cause you won't be, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, what? Okay. Sure. Yeah, just look up car crash human. It's horrifying.
0: <laughs> that is. Why did you find that, Robert? Oh, I don't know. It popped up on the internet like a while back. Oh, okay. Like that's so. I I don't know how to.
1: They have like a that. massive chest and everything, and it's like supposed to be able to withstand the impact better. And the skull is like tucked tight into the neck,
2: and their neck doesn't exist. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's I mean, bad,
1: and we shouldn't do it. But that's what's been in my head the whole
0: time. <laughs> it's fair. It's basically just like a potato human.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can have potato humans running, I, I running mean, amok.
0: Honestly, like now that you have that image in my head, I can't think of anything else. Oh, so I should have done be, it. There's, they're are gonna be potato
2: humans. Now. Okay. Well, I think we should give them green skin and four eyes. Okay. Okay. Green skin. Four-eyed potato humans,
1: <laughs> and somehow that like helps them adapt to this weird sulfur environment they live in. Yeah,
0: we'll worry about the sign. shit they behind have. that uh, later.
1: Like that weird lizard triple eyelid kind of thing. Sure, you know? oh, where it's yeah. like the weird, like uh, transparent one that comes in from the side.
0: They're all deathly white too, or no, no, they're they're like a sickly green because they've been underground so long. I think. Oh,
2: okay, you know, maybe. Oh, I could see that. And their fingers are just tentacles. They're just tentacles? Just <laughs> tentacle fingers. So they're just undulating that the makes whole time That very uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> That'd make all the astronauts who meet them very uncomfortable. Mm. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> they're not eating them. Oh yes, fun sound effects for the tentacles. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, nah, I like that. That'll work. Cool.
1: I uh, think we... We did it then.
2: We did it. Yay. Yay. Movies
1: designed. <laughs> Ta-da.
2: So
0: we basically have our our plot down.
2: So now we need an ending. Sorry, was the plot? Guy wants to escape and see the the top of Mars.
0: No, we we decided to go with. I think okay. So we think we decided to go with Robbie's protagonist needs to go find another place to live. Because current place is not good. Yeah. It's like the air is getting bad. Maybe maybe the walls are starting
2: to crumble in. Just on his specific subset of the vein terrain. Right. Underground. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Finding a sure. new place. Seismic activity has made left and por- left portions of the tunnel unstable. And if you are any families living in subsects E through G, you might wanna move. Right. Right. Work.
0: So then they move. Finds the space base. We get that ah moment. Find out that the astronauts have been trying to get home. The Venusian who is finding this place realizes there is a bigger world True. on the surface. True. That now she doesn't want to live where she lives. She feels like she's trapped. She didn't feel like she was trapped before. But now that she knows, she, she feels, feels trapped. trapped. And it's like, okay, well, take me with you. And so they use both of their brains or whatever, maybe use some like Venusian technology to send a signal to Earth. And then I think but I think at some point in time, the Venusian realizes that it's like, okay, yeah, there's a bigger world and there's a bigger universe. But as soon as you go to Earth, like you're still going to be stuck in a enclosed environment for the rest of your life because you can't you can't live on the surface of Earth, you know? Oh, okay. Because I think she realizes that when she, like, first goes into space base and she's just like, like, it, can't yeah, breathe sure. the air, yeah, like, dime. it's oxygen. Yeah. It's like, oh, crap, like, right, and then put a space suit on her. So or then the like bargain that.
2: is that she can truly escape, but then she kind of gives up the fact that you'll never see any of your friends or family ever again. Yeah, None of them can come with, and it'll be just you on Earth, and you'll live in a little bubble.
1: Yeah, she'll get freedom, but she won't get freedom. Freedom. Not really. Right.
2: And then
0: I think that's where... Then the astronaut turns because he think he's been trying to convince her, like, yeah, Earth is like great or whatever. And then she realizes, like, no, this isn't great. And then we get that turn of the astronaut. And like, he's a
1: bona fide villain now?
0: Well, because I think it's like, no, you're coming with me. I'm going to get all the accolade. Like, oh. I'm going to show people that there's life on Earth. Okay. Like, this is going to be great for humanity, like, knowing this
2: or whatnot. Sure. You're coming with me now. First she wanted to, and then he's like, no, you're, you're coming, whether you want to or not. Right. Cause, okay. Because she started,
0: she started realizing that that wouldn't be a life, you know? Like, mm. yeah, she's still living underground, but she'll, she can figure something out. Maybe they'll get to the surface again, you know? And But then he's like, no, 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 you're sorry. I tried to do this the easy way, but now it's going to be the hard way. <laughs> so then maybe, can we like make the assumption
1: that the Venusian is probably stronger than a human being in some way? Like, I don't know. They're living underground, but like, they gotta do all kinds of like rock hard labor kind of stuff,
2: right? Well, you could argue that the gravity on Venus might be different or something. I sure. don't know. Right. I literally know nothing of Venus. So, I don't the, the point, the <laughs> point a bona fide is... scientist listening to this, please don't chastise <laughs> done, me. Yeah.
1: Point is, I'd like there to be like a, a big struggle between the two of them, right? Like, he's a bad guy now, and like, she uh, kills him or whatever by like, uh, like throwing him through the window or like the dome or whatever the heck and like punching his uh, uh, visor in and then like the sulfur comes in and he suffocates and dies yeah
0: so is there are we thinking a lone astronaut then probably probably okay
2: maybe there was more of a team but then when she emerged not everybody made it to that seal you were talking about because they were t- taken off.
0: Maybe, yeah, maybe it Could was been, two. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe was it was two, two or
2: three or whatever. And people. the other two guys, the one guy was like, I'm going to go out and grab a rock. I t- promised my kid I'd bring him back a Venus rock. So tsh, he goes out and the other two are in there playing cards. And then she comes up through the ground, a la Bugs Bunny, and all the air gets sucked out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what if that happens, then wouldn't the
0: astronaut have animosity towards this creature already? I
1: mean, maybe be could be. Maybe, maybe they're like not hiding distrusting it that
2: well. right away, probably. But then maybe because if magically the Venusian speaks fluent English because Venus culture is partially based on Earth culture because we can receive all their television broadcasts, okay. so we'll English is very I'll, prevalent. Okay, because we've established that
1: if anything, the Venusians are good at like broadcasting technology and everything. They, they can right. receive. Why, they can receive. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, so because otherwise, it's like how would they even communicate with each other? Right, right. Um, yeah, we're not we're not rivaling this shit. I was gonna say it's gonna be a whole <laughs> other thing unto itself. Exactly. But, oh. <laughs> Yeah, maybe if she can explain herself, and then eventually he kind of figures it out or whatever, you know. And right. and he's one of the he's gonna be the bad guy. So that's where we, as the audience, first kind of understand like, oh, he didn't seem too broken up that his comrades are dead because. All in the name of science. Right. Because he's evil. Because he's going to take her back forcibly. All in the name of science. Right. Because he's evil. Yeah. Right. Dumb it down that way.
1: But anyway. So the goal was to find a new place for her, right? Like she's, the tunnels are collapsing and stuff. And this base would probably work pretty well. Would it be like out of the question for her to just, like maybe we move a bunch of people in here? And like what kind of lesson does she learn if she does that? I don't know.
0: I think that, I, I think so. I think at the end, the Venetian the or however, not Venetians, <laughs> yeah. Venusians <Venetians> are different. <laughs> yes. they I think they end up moving into that base and then they start trying to figure out how they can work on the surface again.
1: Sure. Yeah, that's the future they're going towards is yep. adapting to the surface and everything because yep. they know and they're like, it's not as bad as we thought, I guess. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're sulfur breathers after all.
0: And then I think maybe it ends with because the signal got sent out and i think it ends with humans arriving in a rocket and then that that's it that's
1: oh
2: Oh, okay setting up setting up for that sequel Sequel. money 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 (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay um i think maybe we want to cast it now yeah
0: let's do it sure
1: cue the music And we're back. And uh, we have three characters to introduce to you today that we've casted for your listening pleasure.
2: You can go first, Robbie. <laughs>
1: okay. I did the protagonist. Um, and, you know, even, even if they all do look like weird green four eyed potato people, I think <laughs> a good role for this, uh, this spunky young protagonist is who? Tessa Thompson.
2: But, Robert, she doesn't look like a potato person. (laughs) How possibly could we make her look like a potato person?
0: (laughs) I want to see Tessa Thompson as a potato person.
2: Oh. I think it'd be fun. Is there a camera filter in Snapchat for potato person? Because there should be. (laughs) Yeah. There should be. There really should be. Um, Also, if
1: you're not familiar, Tessa Thompson is... uh, the, she's Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok
2: She's about to be in Men in Black International That's right in 2019. She's in Westworld
0: What? Yeah She has a very prominent part in Westworld Season 2 Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Season, season two. 2 She's That's, great
2: she, she must appear she's in also, Season 2 then, right? I okay. think so That's yeah, why I didn't know okay. She's
1: also like the uh, girlfriend slash uh, performance artist in Sorry, Sorry to, to Bother, bother you. you Yep Good movie Very good movie Weird movie Yeah,
2: yeah. I didn't expect it to be weird at all I won't spoil that for the listeners, but check it out. Yep. Huh. All right. I did the antagonist,
0: which is the astronaut, the human astronaut, mm-hmm. and I decided to go with Tom Hanks because I wanted. to. I love that. S- yeah, because I want to see. I don't think he's ever done a villain before. I mean, I correct don't know me. If he has either. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it would be perfect. Because then the the twist would work so well. I haven't seen Cloud Atlas, but yeah, that's a good point. No, Cloud Atlas, he's not a villain in either.
2: He's kind of in the Polar Express because he plays. The I creepy hobo he play guy creep- on the roof? So that's oh. <laughs> that's good to know that he can do that. Then. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty rare. I thought yeah. you were gonna say
1: the conductor, and I was like, conductor's not that bad. But, <laughs>
2: but that's what I thought. He also Santa Claus too. Yeah, he plays. He, he plays, plays everything. Every, in that.
0: Everything. But that's why I thought like people would go in if it's Tom Hanks. It's like oh, he's, the the
1: good guy. he's oh, a good. good guy. obviously. It's Tom obviously. Hanks. We're safe. Thank exactly. God. We we the audience are safe. Tom Hanks is here. Exactly.
0: Just <laughs> kidding.
2: Okay. okay, I uh, I also decided to put a character in here that makes total sense—the uh, sentient pond at the center of the core at the center of the, of the core of Venus, yeah. you know, it's something that everybody knows 100% about. It's sure. in all your science textbooks. It's yeah. it's written on the SAT. If you uh-huh. if you don't get that question right, then what are you doing what taking you doing? an SAT? I mean, come on. No. Uh I I <laughs> I one. I'm going to jam this character down the throat of this movie because it could be an interesting uh, obstacle for our main character as they go throughout the planet trying to find a new home for themselves.
1: Sure. It it could be more of like a you know, we should have introduced it earlier because it's a very cool idea. Things that happen off mic. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's for that, like, middle of the movie. Like, oh, we're taking a break, and this is where I figure stuff out about how
2: the world yeah. works. Ex- exposition drop yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I hate you both. With sentient con <laughs> I hate you Austin, both. Austin, it
0: has to make so some sense. much. It has to make sense. We do sense. not have to explain anything. I believe in you, audience. I think you can figure it out on your own. <laughs>
2: Is oh. believing in the intelligence of the audience. Uh, and, then there's just and without further ado, it's them. portrayed by Ron Perlman. Oh, nice. Good. Nice. Yeah. Very good. good. good job. It was going to be David Harbour, but I was like, screw that. We're I need the other Hellboy. <laughs> We're going to get the real Hellboy. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good, honestly. I really do. But it will be hard to see Ron Perlman go. Yeah. All right. Rip. Sentient pond. <laughs> Sentient
1: pond. Oh, my God. All right. All right, thanks uh thanks for listening everybody. Um you can uh uh find us on uh, Instagram and Gmail at uh cinemarks.
2: Not Carl Marx at all.
1: <laughs> it's uh cinema rchs. Uh be sure to rate and review us on iTunes Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to catch this here program. Um unless anybody has some closing remarks on this wonderful piece of film that we've made here today.
2: We could consult the sentient pond, but let's not, because we didn't explain how the sentient pond No, I think
1: at some point in all of our lives, we should consult the sentient pond. Yes, listeners,
2: that's our last plug, is consult your nearest sentient pond today and ask for advice.
1: If your sentient pond lasts for more than four (laughs) hours... (laughs) All right, uh, for Cinema Architects, I've been Robbie. I'm Austin. I'm Nate. See you next time.